Well, good morning, everybody. I want to welcome, welcome you to the Highlands. Uh, I am Aaron Sorensen. I am the new lead pastor here, uh, and I look a whole lot like the old lead pastor here. Um, but I, uh, I'm thrilled. And I want to be the first just to say to Abby, uh, thank you for all that you've invested in our church. I see you back there. Thanks for um, the passion and the love that you have displayed uh, to our church. And I know your heart for the students, it was obvious, and the ways in which you impacted their lives will be forever. And so thank you for all that you've done for our church. We will miss you, but we are excited too about where God is leading you. And we, we want this to always be a place you can come back and feel like it's home. So thank you. Uh, with that, let me pray, and then we're going to jump into our teaching this morning. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks. Thank you for Abby. Thanks for all that she's invested in our church. Would you bless her now as she steps into a new season of life? God, um, regardless of where she goes, you have called her. You've called her to be a light in the midst of darkness, that Jesus, um, that she would be a person that represents you, you Jesus, well. And um, we thank you for the ministry uh, that she has poured out into our church. And we ask God now that you would bless her and watch over her. And I pray that she would truly know that this church is always a place that she can come and feel like it's home. We pray it now. Uh, We pray that now as we look into your word, God, would you, Spirit, show up and move in us, speak to us, open our hearts, God, with the work that you just want to do in us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start by saying just Kristen and I are, um, we're excited. We are uh, humbled and honored to be back here at the Highlands. Um, it was, it is a place that we've always loved. And you are people that we've, we've always loved. And for God um, to bring us back, we are, we're thrilled and, and honored and humbled. And I, uh, just stepping back into the lead pastor role, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. And, you know, some of you know me, some of you do not. Um, you know, for those of you who do know us and we have a history, um, you know, we come back as different people. We, even in the short time that we've been gone, we've experienced God in really meaningful and powerful ways. And over the next uh, few weeks, I'm going to share some of those, those things um, with you. And then to those of you who, who don't know us, um, I just want to introduce myself and over those kind of meet and greets, we would just love the opportunity to get to meet you and, and know you. And, um, and so after the service, don't be shy. Uh, and I hope that I'll get a chance to meet you. And, and please come out to those meet and greets because we truly want to know you. Um, part of being called into, into ministry as a pastor is, is to know uh, and love and serve. And a difficult thing to do when you don't know those people. And so we want to know you. And so don't be shy, and I look forward to getting uh, to meet you all and get to know you and serve alongside of you. Um, My last Sunday at the Highlands was July 31st, and my first Sunday is today, January 7th. And the question is, what happened in between those weeks? Um, This is an unusual story. Uh, Pastor Paul has talked, uh, someone who's been in ministry 48 years, incredible. Which, by the way, um, side note, he did an incredible job leading this church in the interim. And I want to encourage you to, to take a, a moment um, over the course of the next few weeks to just say thank you to him. 
um, his love for you and for this church is, is evident. And, um, and I thank you, Paul, for just leading this church so well and leading our network and so well. Um, and, and so take time to, to let Paul know that. But what happened, you know, in between July 31st and, and, and January 7th? Um, really, what I hope to do over the next three weeks is, is really two things I, I hope will happen. And one is answer questions, because it, it does bring up questions. People, how did this happen? Why did you leave? Um, why are you back? How do you know you should be back? Did you get it wrong? Um, what does it mean that you're back? And how will things maybe be similar? How will things be different? These are all really important questions and questions that, you know, um, I get a chance to answer at the Q&A a few weeks ago. Uh, but I, I want to take time now over the next three weeks to, to answer those questions and really tell our story. Because the second thing that I hope happens is that I hope that um, our story may uh, be a story that inspires you or teaches you. Because the truth of the matter is, God spoke, God moved. And there are lessons um, that we learned and experienced that, that speak to who God is and how he, how he moves, how he acts. And I hope would give you encouragement for your walk with Christ. When I was a, a kid, and I don't think that I've ever uh, told anyone, including my parents, um, whenever I had a, a big decision to make, uh, I would go to God, but I always questioned, like, does God hear me? Uh, how do I make this decision? And will God show me which way to go? And I imagine some of you are, are here this morning and though you, you find yourself in a season of life where you're probably asking similar questions. Maybe it's, uh, am I supposed to take that new job? Am I supposed to leave my current job? Are we supposed to move? Are we supposed to stay? Um, am I supposed to stay in a relationship or get out of, of a relationship? Like life is full of crossroads in our, in our life. And those of us who are following Christ are interested in knowing which direction, God, do you want me to go? But how do we know? And so as a child, I would wrestle with that. And I would go, God, just show me what to do. And I still, this is like, not a lot has changed. God, show me what to do. If you just tell me what to do, I will go in that direction. But how, how do I know? And I used, to, I used to do this thing where uh, I would write a note to God and I would put it in, the, in a phone book, which by the way, do you know how hard this was to find? <laughs> I had to make a lot of calls and I do need to thank the Havisto family for finding this and I will get it back to you because um, this is a relic. This might be worth money. We, in fact, yesterday with my family, we looked up and my family was in here, maybe some of you are, with their old landline numbers that no longer exist. But what I would do is, is I, I, would, I would write a, a prayer and I would ask God for direction and I would stick it in the phone book. And maybe my parents came across this at one point and then I would, I would, I would put it in the phone book and I would put it away and the next day I would go back to the phone book and I would sort of hope that the letter was gone and that would be a sign that God took it and was reading it or that maybe God replaced it with something else and he was going to tell me what to do. I think for, for many of us in our lives, when we're at crossroads, that's, we just want to hear from God so badly. And the question like, does God speak? Is God working? Does, does God care? And how do I know which direction to go? These were questions that as um, we were deciding whether or not to go to Arizona or stay at the Highlands, we really wrestled with. In the book of Proverbs, which is a book about wisdom, wisdom 
to help us live uh, in God-honoring ways. In Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 9, a very famous verse, it says this, In their hearts, human plan, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I've heard that verse many times throughout my life, and I've always wondered, well, what does that mean? Like, is it me? Like, how, how much control do I actually have? Like, if God has all of it, do my choices really matter? Do what I do and, and what I decide to do with my life really matter if God is fully in control? But then on the other side of it, if I'm fully in control, what if I get it wrong? Like, what if every decision that I make in my life like, needs to be matched up with, with God's plan, God's will for my life, and if I don't match it, I've just ruined my life? And I've had moments in my life where I struggle with that, where I, I sort of believe that. And I'm like, if I don't get this right, I'm outside of the will of God, I'm outside of the plan of God, and I'm in trouble. That puts a lot of pressure on somebody. So on one side, you feel the pressure of I got to get it right. But if God is like fully in control and your choices don't matter, you just, you wake up and go, you might go, what's the point? And, and the reality is that, that, that it's, it's a paradox. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's sort of a mystery behind it because the truth is, is that God is 100% in control and we are 100% in control. And there's, there's biblical evidence to the stories of people who were making choices, but ultimately God was guiding and, and, and directing. And so somehow in God's power and in the mystery upon which God, God works, we get to make choices in our lives, but ultimately God uh, determines the destination and our steps. And so your choices absolutely matter. But ultimately God is in control and God directs. We plan, God directs. And, and that should give us a sort of rest. That even if, if you were to go off course or make a wrong decision, even in our sin, God can work all things for his good. That is Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we can rest in the fact that God is in control, but also have every incentive in our lives to try to live well, that your life matters, that the decisions that you make matter and are important. And so for those of you here th this morning, um, I hope you find rest in knowing that God ultimately is directing your life. If you'll let him, because everyone is perfectly capable of not living for God and just going their own way. But in Romans it says, for the people that love God and are honestly seeking God, even if you might not know, is this the right choice or not the right choice? God is there. And even if you were to make the wrong choice, God can redirect and use that wrong choice for his good, your good, and his glory. That is good news. And I don't, you know, the question is, two questions um, that, that I want to answer over the next course, of, over the course of the next three weeks is, you know, why did you leave? And I'm going to give uh, one reason this morning um, and, and share it over the next couple weeks, a, a couple others. Um, but then, well, were you wrong? Did you get it wrong? Did you, or did you not hear God's voice? Um, were you, were, were you, misdirected or were you just, you know, or were you right? Maybe this was part of God's plan. And so I want to, I want to, you know, hindsight, hindsight gives us clarity, but, but um, at the time 
when we were trying to navigate this decision, it, it certainly was not uh, an easy one. And yet God's grace is so good. And his plans, though sometimes are, are hard to understand, are good and for our good, for his glory. So why, uh, why do we leave? Well, I want to talk about, uh, and this is not an easy thing for me to do, um, and maybe you've never heard a pastor sort of share in this sort of, in this sort of way, um, but one of the reasons was, was my marriage, and that's what I would like to share with you this morning. And if you saw the video uh, uh, that we did about coming back, um, you've, you've heard s- some of this, but I want to go back a little bit further and... Um, and share just kind of how we got to where we were. But, uh, you know, ministry is, is it's a wonderful uh, job, vocational ministry, that is. And with it comes, just like your job, comes unique challenges at, at times um, and difficulties. But it is a job that um, is very difficult to do without your spouse. Because in a lot of ways, the, the, the role of a pastor is a lifestyle. It's, it's not your typical nine to five where you get where you get to put things down and just uh, enjoy your evenings or weekends, that things, things do come up and, and you're walking with Christ as you're leading others. And that's not something you do nine to five. It's something that you're always, always doing. And because of that, the uniqueness of that, um, it affects every part of your life. And it particularly affects your family and the people you love. And, 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 and so it's a job that does really require your, your spouse to be a part of it. And, um, you know, I started as a pastor, as a single guy, and for, for many years, that was, that was my experience leading in the church. And then I got married, and I had to learn, how do I invite my wife into this? How do we do this, do this together? And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really have, like, a, a, a concept for how that looked and, and how, how to do it. And so, you know, there was times where I, where I would try and we would do it. And then I think as kids came, it, it got a little bit more complicated um, because I would go to work and now we had these children that, that, that needed to be taken care of. And my wife would primarily be at home taking care of, of, of the kids. And, um, you know, the enemy, I don't think, I think he's a lot more clever than, than, than we think. And sometimes he shows up and it's, it's very apparent that he's at work, but I think he's more interested in doing sort of the slow overtime work in our hearts. Like, like, I don't think he's looking at the short-term plan often in our lives of how he can kind of destroy our lives, but he's looking at the slow, long play. And it's just like every little minor dis- poor decision that you don't even recognize as a poor decision, or even like good, things you think are good, that maybe aren't best, can slowly change our trajectory to where over time we're just so far apart. And I would say that's what, what happened in, in, my, in my marriage. And, and things sort of hit a, a, a rock bottom, I would say, in the summer of, of 2022. And yet, um, I don't know, my, I remember my mom telling me this, like, you know, when you're at the bottom, there's only one, you can only go up. And... Um, and it was hard to it was hard to admit. Just as a pastor, you you are called to live in in a different way, and so to to be at a, a difficult spot, particularly in your marriage, was not an easy thing uh, to to admit. And yet, 
we went to the leadership of the church I did and I shared, and, and, and this is the thing that's just amazing about following Jesus is that we're not met with shame when we're in the dirt. We're met with grace and love. And that started really our, our healing journey. And uh, over the next year, we really experienced God's healing in our marriage. And I, I, I do, this is sort of a side note sermon. I, for those of you who are here and married and maybe things are not going well, maybe you're here and it's like really close to the end. Like maybe you're here and you're looking at your marriage and you go, there ain't no way this can work. It's, it, 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 it's, it's over. But I have experienced a miracle in mind that when, when two people, even in their brokenness, are willing to look to Christ together, and, and walk forward together, God can restore. And we experience that. And so I do want to say to those of you who maybe are here and, and, and just marriage is really hard and struggling, like I know what that is like, but know that there is hope. Know that there is hope and God can restore the broken things in our lives. But um, when last summer, uh, or just a few months ago, uh, we, f- we were in the best spot in our, in, that our marriage had ever been in the 12 or so years that we had been married. And, um, and then this opportunity kind of came up and, uh, with Thriving. And originally, I, when I first heard about it, I wasn't interested. Um, and I said, no, I, I don't want to apply for that. And then after a couple days, I did, I did sort of go, well, what if I don't want to not be open to, to God's direction in my life, just because um, I really do love the church and where we're at and excited about where the church is at. And yet, um, sometimes God does move us. And so I felt like, okay, I'll just apply, but I doubt anything would, is going to happen here. Um, and I ended up getting an interview. And after every interview, I just felt like, oh, I won't make it to the next round. And then I got to a point where they basically offered the job. And this is where it got, it got difficult because um, it was hard, it was hard to leave. And I wasn't, and Kristen, we weren't certain about leaving. And oftentimes big decisions, even, you know, small decisions too sometimes, we're not always, we don't always feel certain about. And there are moments like this that require faith. And so for us, um, we, we sense God opening doors and there was this open door, and there was risk involved, and it was scary, and yet uh, we decided in faith to step through that door. And we did. And um, when we went out there, we really had a season where we got to reflect, I think in a, in a unique way, in that um, you know, I was now completely outside of, of ministry, not working at a church, not going back. And we, God provided opportunities for us just to really share honestly. And, and we found ourselves um, sharing a lot about our time here and, and things that uh, we missed and things that we wish we could do over. And just one of the things that my wife, wife shared was just in a, in a loving way, but Aaron, you never really got it right with me. You know, there just wasn't the right balance. You, I didn't feel a part of it. And this is where I learned that assumptions, particularly in relationships, particularly in marriages, can be so deceiving. Because the way that I looked at it was, because ministry's hard, because it's, it's really relational and, 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 and uh, at times can be 
difficult to, to work through and, and lead. Like I didn't want a lot of times what I was experiencing or feeling to be on my wife. And so the assumption that I made is that the best thing for my wife would be to create very strict boundaries around my work and personal life. And by strict, I mean big walls. Like, I, this is my job and this is what I do and, uh, and, and you're over here. And just, you know, imagine what that does, that, what that does to a person. And she shared, you know, real honestly that, you know, over time, um, that, that formed feelings of rejection. And that was a place that, like, we didn't go together. And she wasn't allowed to, to, be, to be a part of. And so my, my sort of assumption that I'm protecting my wife from pain, that I was the one actually inflicting it. And this is the danger of assumptions. And when we, we fail to tr like communicate well with people we love of, about our motives. Had I just, you know, looking back, gone back and said, here's, here's why, Kristen. You know, and she'd be like, but I don't, I don't want that. I want to be in this with you. I want to do this together. I know it's hard, but I want to stand with you when it's hard. And I want to celebrate with you when it's good, when we see God move. And I just, for those of you in relationship, for those of you in marriages, man, one of the things when you walk out of here is you could go have lunch and you could go, you could ask yourself, what assumptions do I have in our marriage? And, and then share that with each other and go, where might we be just sort of slowly been steered off the path that God wants for our marriage? And how might assumptions and unmet expectations might be slowly tearing us apart? And so, as she shared that with me, it was hard, hard to hear, but, but it was what I needed to hear. And as we, as we prayed, and we, we, God began to open our hearts about on, like, what would it look like to go back into ministry uh, again? And, um, and not only that, a, a sort of spark began to emerge in our hearts of not just what would it be like, but we, we want to go back. We want to do this again, and we want to do it differently this time. But then I began to question, is what, this is weird, and this is unusual. Um, not just going back to ministry, but the desire to go back to the, the very church that you had left just four or five months earlier. And uh, I began, I, I I remember vividly a time just in prayer and asking God, like, God, am I just off my rocker here? Like, um, is this just me? Is this what I want? Is, or is this your will? And I thought about writing a letter, but I couldn't find a phone book, you know? Like, um, but, you know, I, I asked God, I go, God, is, and then, you know, God, I've never heard a God, you know, I never got a letter back. Um, it never disappeared. But uh, as I grew in my faith, I realized that this is really the letter that God's given us. And so I asked God, I said, God, is there anything like in your word, uh, you know, that, that sort of, like, did Paul ever leave a church and then go right back? Like, you know, like, is there, is there biblical evidence to this ever happening before? Or am I the very first person in the history of the world that this has happened to? I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. But, but like, uh, 
I, I started to think about stories in, in, in the Bible and just try to, and I was like, is this a Jonah story where God called, God called, called me somewhere and then I, I'm, I'm just doing everything to stay as far away from it as possible? And I just didn't feel like it was the, a Jonah story. That, and then the next thing that came into my head was this, this story of the Apostle Paul where he, um, he has this desire to get into Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and spread the gospel. You know, Paul is a missionary, church planter. Like, he is living out the Great Commission. He wants to go where God wants him to go. And here's a man who's like, you know, he's an apostle. He's had incredible experiences with God. Like, if there's anybody who should know the plans of God, know the will of God, be, and, and who's in step with the Spirit, it, I mean, it's Paul. And he has this desire to get into Asia Minor, into, into modern-day Turkey, and, and he wants to, to, to uh, bring the gospel to those, those people. And yet in Acts 16, and this is the story that God brought up in my, my heart, there is this very strange, sort of amazing story of him trying to get in, and the Spirit of God blocks him from getting in. So I want to read it for you. It's in Acts 16. Uh, verses 6 through 10. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. It's like, Twice, Paul and his companions are trying to get into this area that I would guess they are convinced they are supposed to get into. And for some reason, God's like, no. And twice, God blocks them from getting in. It goes on to say, so they, they passed by Mysia and went to Troas. During that night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And as I read that, as I was wrestling with God, where are you at work and what should I do and am I getting this wrong? Like that gave me so much hope. Because here's somebody, you know, the Apostle Paul, that we would just expect to know exactly where to go, and we would expect God to use him in very efficient ways. And yet, here is this season where he's just trying to figure out, God, where do you want me to go? And he thinks it's supposed to be into Asia, and yet it's not. And he tries, he like tries twice to get in and the God blocks him. And there's a map up here, which you may not be able to see well, but you'll kind of, you'll kind of see where in the red is Asia Minor and you can see how his journey sort of loops up and around because God's like, you're not going there. That's not where I want you to go. And then ultimately he gets this vision and it says, we concluded almost through like, through the, the, wrong, like the wrong choices uh, or the failures, and then this vision, God finally shows up in his time and tells us where to go. We're like, okay, now we know, and they head up to Macedonia. And I felt like what God said to me in a very simple and powerful way is like, Aaron, I don't always work with straight lines. You know, it's not always about the destination, but it is about the journey. I mean, it, it makes more sense for him just, if God's like, I want you to get to Macedonia, why go north and loop around? 
They'd be much more efficient, like if it was just about getting Paul to Macedonia, just give him a vision weeks earlier and have him cut across Asia. Then he gets to kind of do what he wants. He can stop and he can do kind of what he wants to do and then get him to Macedonia. And yet God's like, lets him wander and figure it out. And then in his time, he shows him where to go. And for me, and I hope for you, it, it, it gives like, like hope that, you know, even in the times where we don't quite know, what, what God are you up to? Or when God isn't working as fast as maybe we want him to. Or we feel like we're in a season where we're just wandering and we, we lack the clarity or we want something so bad, but it feels like, like everything we do, we come up against opposition that it doesn't mean that God isn't working. It doesn't mean that, that you have thwarted his plans or that his plans and his will are not gonna play out in your life. And so I go, okay, did, I, did, I, did we get this wrong? I mean, maybe. Or was this part of God's, God's will? Yeah, maybe. But regardless if it was purely my choice or it was purely God's, somehow they came together and Romans 8, 28, for those who love God, God works all things for your good. And particularly, you know, for the young people in here, your life ahead of you is full of crossroads. And for the rest of us too who are older, there's still gonna be crossroads in our life. And we're going to go, God, should I go this way or should I go that way? And if the fear of like getting it wrong is, is just overwhelming you, one thing I would say is if you really care about God's will playing out in your life, um, just wanting God's will to play out in your life is a, is a very first, is a good first step. Just, you know, if the desire there is to follow God and know his will, he's going to lead you in the right direction. He's going to use your choices ultimately for your good and his glory. And there may be seasons in your life where it's not clear. In fact, there will be seasons where it's not clear. There will be choices you make that aren't the best choices. There will be seasons that God's, going to, God's plan is not going to be straight, quick, and efficient. There, there might be seasons in your life where you really feel like you're wandering, but ultimately, for those who love Jesus and those who don't give up, he will bring you to your Macedonia. And for us, as wild as it was to go to Arizona and come back and sort of uh, wrestle with, was, was this right, was it wrong, all those things, ultimately, God led us back. And by his grace, he's giving me and my wife another chance, another opportunity to be a part of this church, a church that we love, to be with people that we absolutely love, to lead as best we can and come together and try this time to do it together. Do it in a different way. And I hope a more meaningful way. And so as the band uh, makes their way back up, um, we're going to take some time. We're going to sing a couple songs. And uh, I just, 
I want to invite you, those of you uh, who are really wrestling with, God, where, where are you in my life right now? Or God, I really, I want to live out your will in my life, but I'm not sure which direction to go. Um, those, who are at the, those of you who are at the crossroads of having to make really, really big decisions and you're like, God, just tell me what to do and, and I'll, I'll do it. And over, over the next two songs, I just in, encourage you to go, God, I just, speak to me. Give me, give, give me a word, give me, give me some direction. Even, even if it's not direction, just would you, would you let me know that you're here and you're near? And if I gotta wait, I will wait. Give me the strength to wait. If, 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 if like you wanna, you wanna allow a season where it feels like I'm, I'm wandering, like help me be faithful to not give up. Or maybe you know you've made the wrong decision. Maybe you know, like, this was a decision that, like, I look back on and it was wrong and it was disobedient. Maybe it's like, man, I, I'm, like, in the, in the season where the sin is over, overtaking me. Like, this is a chance to just go and go, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Repent. I want to turn back to you. I want to I once again start walking with you, with your spirit, in step with your spirit. And God doesn't shame us in those moments. He welcomes us. He receives us. But it does take courage to, to step up and admit it and, and, and turn back. I mean, I, I struggled with that coming back. Like, what are people going to think? I mean, people probably think I'm a failure. You know, like, you, you went and you failed. Tried something and you failed. And you can live your whole life just being burdened by all those thoughts and the what ifs and what are people thinking. And it, it can keep us from doing the one thing that is most important and that is just letting go and turning to God. Just being honest and turning to God. And just claiming what Romans says. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. That is the truth for all of us who are trying our best to just walk in step with the Spirit. So I'm going to invite you to stand, and um, this morning we're going to take communion together.